T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going? Are they going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm over here efforting and not not succeeding on Twitter. I'll just post it again in a minute. It's okay. It's Monday. For what? I'm trying to post the video of the Arsenal goal that asked the question, the, ah. hi- the highlight you have watched the most. Your, your sports moment, you have watched the most in your life. You'll just decide on a Tuesday, I'm going to go back and watch that because it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll get the video of the Arsenal goal up there because it's like on the short list for me, and I'm sure we've got – Jim wrote into us that the Naheem Hines kick return against New England. That's good. It's a very, very good one. Yep. What highlight have you wa- gone back and watched the most? 803-0550 if you want to chime in. We'll get to Paul Hamilton here on the Western Hotline as we prepare for Sabres and Oilers. Paul's report's brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Raylax, Honda. Raylax, we got this. P. Ham, what do you got? You got some like Ohio or Iowa State moment that you watch a million times back? What, what sports highlight have you seen the most? The Miracle? Miracle on Ice? Oh, I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Maybe back closer to it. I don't know. I, I don't really go back to highlights and that type of stuff and just watch it over and over and over again that type of thing i might see it like when it comes up on tv or sure. during a broadcast or something like that but no i really don't go back and jordan greenway's first goal is a saber will be the first time you do. you'll just keep going back and watching replays right well hopefully that comes uh that comes soon paul before we get to greenway and tonight's game and whether or not he makes his debut and all that comes with that Let's talk about Saturday's performance for the the Sabres against the Lightning. They get a big win. They, you know, pretty much all around start to finish got a great performance in front of their home fans. It was a it was an absolutely electric day to be at the arena and uh too much needed points for them. Yeah, it was. And uh they they went and they initiated everything. They initiated the speed of the game. Uh it just seemed like Tampa couldn't keep up, you know, and they initiated any, the the phys, physicality of the game, any anything really that they, you know, maybe Stillman might wish he hadn't initiated uh, uh, the fight he wound up in, but still he did it, you know, and he showed up. And he was hard to play against when he was playing in that game. Uh, you know, the other team knew he was out there when he was out there, and, and they, that's what they needed. And it, it's kind of funny that they started playing that way before Greenway even makes it to the ice. It's almost like, 
all right, he's here. Well, no, he's not really, but we're going to play that way anyway because that's the way we're going to play when he does get into the lineup type of thing. And for fans that don't know it, uh, his plane got diverted, so he wasn't there when the game started, so obviously he couldn't play in it. Um, so uh, whether he plays tonight, I I would think probably. They weren't afraid to throw Stillman right into the, to the lineup with no practice, so... Uh, I don't know why they'd be afraid to throw Greenway in. When they do throw Greenway in, Paul, do you have a, an idea of like where it, it would be a complete guess, obviously at this point, but where he might fit in the lineup, like with a, a certain line or whatnot? It was interesting as that game was going on the other day. You know, the Hinnestros was having a pretty game, and then he scored, yep. and I thought, well. I don't know, is he going to go in for Jost? And then he scores. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, like, they don't really have an appetite to take Olofsson out, out of the game. I mean, they've had other opportunities throughout the season, and that's never happened. So I, I really don't see that happening. So, no, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting to a point going, okay, where, exactly uh, where where is he going to fit in? I, I wondered, Paul, about, I mean, I even asked you this, I think, maybe about a week ago, a week and a half ago, if they might be getting close to saying, well, maybe we send Paterka down to Rochester to gain his confidence. But I know he did score. I'm not saying it just because of that. But I feel like he's been playing at least a little bit more active in the last few games. No, you're right. And and that's the same thing with Olsen. He. He had a better game against Tampa. I mean, there for a while, he wasn't even around the net. I mean, you didn't notice him at all. He wasn't getting any scoring chances or anything like that. But he he made the goaltender make some saves recently, and, and I thought he did that better against Tampa uh, where he had some opportunities to score. And same thing with Paterka. Once the puck went in the net for him, now you're noticing him. Now he's getting some good scoring opportunities, and it, it just kind of put some pep into his step. Paul, what'd you make of what the Lightning did in the third period? Well, it didn't work. <laughs> I don't know how much you were paying attention to the game yesterday in Carolina. Uh, they had four shots in the first period, none in the second. So they were being outshot 23-4 to at the end of two periods, down 4 nothing. And uh, they they did uh, they got they finally in the third period they got they were out shooting Carolina nine to one but it didn't do them any good because they couldn't put the puck in the net and it so it it really the the effect that Cooper was looking for did not materialize uh, at least in the first game back uh, in Carolina against the Hurricanes so they catch the Lightning they, they they've beaten them twice in a row now and I saw you pointing out that if you know. What are they? Seven points back? We're not looking no, at the. They would be. They if, would be if, if they if they won their two games in hand. They would be seven points back. Okay. And I was just putting that out there. Sure, I wasn't sure. Saying hmm. they it's... were going to do it. There are some idiots out there who think that I was pointing <laughs> out that look at what the Sabers are going to do. No, that's I... not what I was doing. Hey, folks, I'm quite capable of speaking for myself. You don't really need to speak for me. <laughs> I mean, they're uh, they're a lot closer to Tampa than Toronto is to Boston. So if something miraculous is going to happen to stop that matchup, it would be the Sabers. Yeah, I was just pointing it out there, and people can do with what they want with it. If they if they want to dream that and think that that can happen, that's their business, and they can they can do that. Well, it's a big week, Paul. There's four games between now and Saturday to uh, stay in the playoff race to get into a playoff spot. The Islanders tomorrow is probably the biggest one of the bunch, right? But you know, we we could say the Islanders one is big. We could also say that the fact they have four games in hand, they got to win their games in hand. Whether you can pick whichever games you want to count those as, but tonight. It's Edmonton. Edmonton's the highest scoring team in the league. 
and the Sabres are third highest scoring in the league, so I'm, I'm sure we're all expecting some version of a shootout. When um, when you watch the Sabres team, if they ever have to focus in on a top line, if they have to fo- focus in on one guy, shutting one guy down, how has, has a Don Granado team been with that? How, how have they used their personnel in matchups like this to try and stop a guy like Connor McDavid? They tend to use defensemen to do that. If, if they really want to match up against Connor McDavid or somebody else, they'll match up a defensive pair against them for the most part. Uh, Cousins gets that, also gets that a lot, especially at home, if they can get him out there. So sometimes he will match up against that but because uh, he's more of a, a two-way player. But uh, usually it's what defensive pair do we want to put out there. Is it is it Darlene with whoever he's playing with that day? And if they've got two guys, all right, maybe, you know, maybe it's a, a Penguin situation where you got Crosby and Malkin. All right, well, Darlene pair is going to get one and Powers pair is going to get the other, you know, type of a thing. Mm-hmm. So that's usually how they approach it. It's more of – Okay, what defensive pair do we want out there with that? And surprisingly enough, when they played in Edmonton, if you remember that game, uh, it was only a a 4-2 game that the Sabres won. So it didn't turn into, even though it was two offensive clubs, yes, it was the third game of the year. But uh, if you also recall, it was probably one of Comrie's better games. That, that he played too uh, against Edmonton. So that, that I, I was looking that up because I want I was pretty sure that that didn't turn into a shootout, even though you got two yeah. of the highest scoring teams in the National Hockey League. You know, Paul, it's uh, Rasmus Asplund traded away to Nashville. I'm thinking about him. He had had some really impressive elite level kind of defensive numbers, and was a numbers game for the Sabers that he just could never really get in the lineup. And I, I guess I wonder about. You know, you mentioned how they match up against a guy like McDavid with defensemen, and they don't necessarily line match. Sometimes Cousins has been in that spot. Is that a function of not really having anyone they feel is quite that has that skill set? Is that why they do it, or is that do you think like a a general idea about a Don Granado team that they're not going to have someone that's just out there to lock a guy up? Because as they acquire Greenway for like playoff style the way to play in the playoffs, it feels like that kind of center, a shutdown guy, is someone they would ultimately want if they don't yet think they have it. I, I don't want to speak for Don Granado, but I think if you were speaking to him, he might say he he believes Cousins is that guy. You know, that you know he really thinks that he's developed into that guy that can play both ends of the rink and, you know, be good defensively against somebody like that and also turn it into offense the other way. Um, and, and do it that way. So I think he, he feels he's developed into somebody like that. Asplund's numbers weren't as good this year as they've been the past. In the past, they were really good. Um, people didn't realize you know, how good he actually was, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't working for him this year, and he wound up on the outside looking in way too many times, and I think they just looked at it like he's, he's a smaller player that – you know, this year hasn't been real hard to play against, so we'll give him an opportunity somewhere else because we're going to move on. Back to Greenway for a moment, Paul. Do we feel like any part of his uh, being acquired has something to say about Zemgis Gergensen's and Kyle Poso, who are both free agents at the end of the year? It could. It could. I mean, we'll see where they're going to go with that. Uh, 
but I was thinking the same thing, kind of a changing of the guard there. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next. I, I you know, I think if they want to go forward with Kyle Oposo, I think maybe they're they'd be looking at one year contracts from here on out. You know, okay, we'll sign him to a one year deal and let's let's see how it goes and we'll revisit it next year. And if we still want to continue, we'll sign him for another one year deal and we'll see how it goes and you know, that type of thing because he is the ultimate leader in that room and it's somebody that's everybody looks up to, that everybody listens to, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure they want to uh, part with that yet. Paul Hamilton joining us on the Western Hotline. You know, as you talk about leadership and important guys, Alex, talk on that list. Paul, the uh, the injury update for him, um, Darlene came back a little sooner than expected, right? They did the retroactive IR, and we would thought he might be out against Tampa, but he did play, although he was uh, load managed a little bit. What's the latest on Tuck? Yeah, Don Granado had said that he thought maybe that um, uh, Darlene would not be ready for Saturday, but he didn't put it in a definite terms or anything like that. And obviously he did play and came back maybe a day, a game or so earlier than they thought. Tuck, they're not going to update him. At least it's two weeks minimum. And I think it's going to be more than that. So we're not getting daily updates. He's not around, you know, or anything like that. He's around for games. I mean, he's been seen, you know, on crutches, you know, showing up for games and that type of thing. But uh, we're not going to get daily updates on him. And even after two weeks, I think it's just, you know, all right, how's Alex talking? Uh, okay, and then move, move on to the next thing. You know, Granado's not been one to juggle lines, over-juggle, I should say, but a tuck injury could mean that a lot of things get slotted around. How do you like the bet? What's your best answer for tuck off the top line and who should jump into that spot? And does it give them an opportunity to try a few things, like Quinn or whoever it might be? I like Quinn. I mean, in the four games, he's got five points. You know, and I think he's fit in pretty well there. And in those in those four games, there was one. There were one or two of them where I thought he was their better, one of the better players on the ice for them. So, and he's you know he's getting that shooting mentality finally. That you know you don't have to pass when you get these opportunities. You got a great shot. Do you, remember last year in the American Hockey League when he had one of the best shots in the league? Um, and now he's shooting more, and the puck's going in the net for him. You know, look at the goal he scored against Tampa, where he just basically they allowed him to come down the slot, and he absolutely ripped it. And uh, Elliott had had no chance on it. So, you know, that's what I like about watching him, too, that, you know, as he's playing more and playing with Thompson and Skinner, he's getting more of that shooting mentality. It's McDavid tonight, Paul. It's on pace for 160 points, almost. I mean, historically... Are we talking about the most impressive single season since Gretzky? I mean, no one's even come close to that 160 mark, I don't think, since at least Mario Lemieux. No, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it is one of the most impressive seasons since a Lemieux-Gretzky type of a season, and that's the type of player he is. And I, I think back of games against the Sabres, I mean, he's gotten some points, but I, I just don't remember him – coming into a game and absolutely ripping them apart and they've had pretty good luck against him over the over the years and and have kind of kept him down somewhat so uh i don't you know i i'm sure at some point in his career he's going to have a big night against the buffalo sabers i just don't remember it that they that he's had one yet the, the first night maybe right he scores 22 seconds in and then in overtime but 
You're right since then. And actually, I'm glad you brought this up because I was looking at this during the last break. St. Louis is the only team where he has fewer points per game against. He has 12 points in 12 games against the Sabres. It is Every ju- other team in the league except St. Louis, he has over a point a game. It, it is really funny, though, to point out, like, this is how good he is, obviously, that, hey, a point a game, that's not that bad. <laughs> right. They're doing pretty good. <laughs> They're doing a great job against this guy, Paul. Yeah. And I remember as much flack as Josh Georges used to get here, they'd put him out against McDavid, and he basically used to shut him down. Uh, it just worked. For whatever reason, it just worked. Even if Josh was in a little bit of a slump and wasn't playing well. Now, a lot of what happened with Josh is he was out of position. They had him on the first pair where he should have been in the third pair. And when he did play on the third pair, he played much better. But for I don't know why, but for whatever reason, he had really good success against McDavid. Well, whoever's managing the Rasmus Dahlin-Norris campaign, if, if he gets matched up with him tonight, I mean, it holds him pointless or whatnot for, what, the first time in, has it been a month? Two months since he's he's not had a point? Mm-hmm. We would expect, though, right, that Darlene and Samuelson would be the pairing that goes up against them. Wouldn't it be stunning if it was anything else? I would think so, yeah. I mean, but, you know, you've got some other forwards on that team that you have to worry about, too. I mean, when did Nugent Hopkins become a 30-goal scorer? Remember last year where he had no goals and 18 assists? I mean, he was one of the top scorers in the league, and he had no goals. And now, next thing you know, you know, here here he is uh, as a thirty goal scorer. All of a sudden, at this point in his career, I'm just counting up McDavid's games without points on the year. I think we're at like single digits. And like Joe said, it's been it's been quite a while. All right, Paul. Well, tonight, Edmonton. Tomorrow, the Islanders. You know, I hate to say it. If if you're going to split, I, I mean, this is an obvious thing to say, but you got to lose tonight and win tomorrow. Yep. I mean, this is a Western Conference team that if they beat you, it's not going to hurt you as far as what they're doing. Uh, so if you're, if you're only going to win one of these, you, you're better off winning against the Islanders. If it were you, would you go Anderson tomorrow? Like, or, or would you be deploying him as though that's my best goalie game and play him against the more important team? They tend to usually let him play the home game first if he's going to play one of the two. Um, so he doesn't have to travel and get to bed late and that type of thing and play the next day. Um, I mean, Comrie is one four in a row. Uh, you know, if, if you look at his numbers, now I thought he had a really good game against Tampa. I thought he looked good. Um, the, the numbers might not be impressive, but the end result is, you know, where he's taken four straight in a, in a row. Uh, so it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, how they figure this out and how, how they'll do it. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Thanks, Paul. Enjoy the game tonight. Take care, guys. Sabres in Edmonton. It is a 7.30 start on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Of course, you can hear the game here on WGR. And then tomorrow night at the Island. That's interesting, like how Paul phrases that, you know, if there, if there is a back-to-back, Anderson tends to get the first half of it if it's yep. at home, and that is the case tonight. Then they're home against uh, Dallas on Thursday home against the Rangers on Saturday. So three home games this week and the one trip to the island. They do play well against the Western Conference. Isn't that true of everybody? I've been seeing Travis Uh, Yost. Probably, Travis Yost of TSN has been charting that Columbus, the worst team in the league, their goal differential against the West is not bad at all. And against the East, it's like a minus minus 80. I was going to say, because they're minus 71 on the season. Yeah. And I'm pretty, so, I'm pretty sure most of that is against the East, and against the West, they're competitive. And the same is true of the Flyers. The East is just much better than the West this year. I mean, that does make. There's eight teams in the West with a negative goal differential, and only four in the East. 
So, yeah, look like so Detroit. Detroit is fourth from the bottom in the East in goal differential at minus twenty, and in the West you have Anaheim at minus ninety six. Mm. 70, minus 72 for Chicago, 54 for San Jose, 56 for Arizona. That that might be more the bottom. Well, no, it's the top two. It's all of it, I guess. The West is just way worse. Yeah. And there's tanking teams at the bottom, is it, too. Uh, is it time to declare Detroit dead? Like in, yes. in this race in the Eastern Conference. What would their playoff odds be right now? Like 2%? Yeah, I would say they're dead. They're three points back of the Sabres, and the Sabres have two games in hand on Detroit. I kind of want to call Washington dead, and they have the same amount of... Can you not call someone dead, though, that has the same amount of points? It is wild. Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida, Washington all have 68. Right. The Sabres have played the fewest games. Islanders and Pittsburgh are in those two final playoff spots right now. Yeah, I mean, really, we're in the same spot we've been. It just you replaced Detroit with Ottawa. Yep. That's, That's pretty much it. I saw Ottawa has the second best point percentage since January first in the league. They're playing very well. And they've only played one game with Chickering. They're seven two and one in their last ten games. And they added Chickering. And they added Chickering. Kevin Adams, by the way. Who scored in his first game, I think. Chickering did. Kevin Adams on Chickering basically said yes, we were interested, right? But that they wanted way more from the Sabres. Yeah, that they didn't obviously they didn't pay the price, but he basically you know, yep. in his in his press conference on the trade deadline day, maybe if you missed this, he was talking and talking. He looked over to his right and said, like, "Can I say yes? Can I say this? Yes, that they were in on that." Which, yeah, I appreciate that. I don't think there's anything wrong with you know flat out just kind of saying they were after that. So Chickren might have been a fit, but they were not willing to pay the price that uh, Ottawa ultimately did. So hopefully, it's not Ottawa that beats them out. The Senators are tied with the Sabers. The Buffalo has one game in hand tonight. You know, we're talking about Edmonton, Buffalo. The other games, Ottawa does play, and they play Chicago. So by yep. the end of the night, you could be looking oh, up behind them. Yeah, you could be looking up at Ottawa. Eight oh three oh five fifty. When we get back, it's a big day in the NFL tomorrow. Tomorrow is franchise tag deadline day. Four o'clock tomorrow. The decision on Lamar Jackson that looms for the Ravens, and how two different franchise tags. There's the non-exclusive and the exclusive what that means, how they're going to play it, and how many teams might just be after the idea of trading for Lamar Jackson. So we'll dig into that a little bit. It's not the same, the non-exclusive and the exclusive tag that Lamar could be getting by tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So uh, quarterback carousel movement starting to get rolling. Rodgers, of course, a big domino to fall. We'll get to that. And the sports highlight that you've watched the most. What, What have you gone back to watch the most in your life? We'll get some of your answers on that. I've tweeted that out and have a lot of you know great moments in Buffalo sports, at least to mention. 803-0550, Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lamar Jackson, snap, pocket collapsing. He's going to be dumped. He is sacked. No, he's still up. I can't believe he's still up, and now he throws it downfield. Milano gets a hand on it, bounces around, and Duvernay makes the catch. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? How did he get away from the sack? And how did Duvernay make that catch in the middle of all that traffic? A John Murphy call of a Lamar Jackson highlight. So the franchise tag deadline is tomorrow, 4 p.m. And... We don't expect any Bills player to be franchise tagged. Nope. Not Jordan Poyer. They've basically said they're not going to do it on Edmonds. Yep. But Lamar Jackson's the big one here, right? Yep. Daniel Jones also in this mix as well. But on Lamar, so here's how it works. The Ravens could opt for a non-exclusive franchise tag. Yep. In which another team can sign him to an offer sheet that they can't match or they won't match, and then they get a pair of first-round picks. That's the price. If they go non-exclusive, he can sign with another team, and the Ravens can say, thank you very much, we'll take two first-round picks. If they go exclusive tag... Or they can or they can match it, right? They can match it. Yeah. Yes, they can match it. If they go exclusive tag, no one else can sign them. And the money there is different. Very different, actually. Mm-hmm. The non-exclusive tag for Lamar would put him under Ryan Tannehill's salary. How about Which that? is like what twenty fifth in the league, and wow, okay. If you all, the other thing about his cap hit would be around Ryan Tannehill. The other stat I saw is that in his first six years in the league, Ryan, I'm sorry, not Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson has made the same amount of money as Taysom Hill. Oh, that's brutal. You like that one? That's brutal. Thirty two point seven in Taysom Hill's first six seasons. Thirty two point seven million in I'm sorry, in his first five seasons for okay. Lamar. Yep. Five years from Lamar, same amount of money as Taysom Hill. As Taysom Hill. And they're trying to tag him to make Tannehill money. Yep. If you're Baltimore, does doesn't so the not what's the benefit of the non exclusive tag? Because be- wouldn't you think you could get more than just two first round picks by trading him? I don't think you can. Really? I no, I don't I mean Watson got traded for three firsts and other stuff, right? Yep. And Jackson, you'd think, should be more valuable than Deshaun Watson, no? The only issue is, this, and this comes up with a lot of players at a lot of positions, he's hurt a lot. Uh-huh. He's missed a lot of time. I feel like that should in some way counteract that the other guy was being sued I know. for sexual assault or I, misconduct. I know, and he's still got a fully guaranteed deal. But What did Russell Wilson get traded for, too? I'd have oh, to look. I'd have to look. Multiple firsts, and yeah, I I know. The difference is, well, is do they think the benefit is not even that? Do they think the benefit is he won't sign with us? So we do this, he signs with somebody else, and we match it. That's the thing here about Lamar with the the franchise tag. So sometimes a franchise tag can actually make a relationship worse. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Joe, if they go non-exclusive, not only. Would he be making less money than the exclusive franchise tag? Mm-hmm. But it's exactly what you're saying. You're kind of you're holding him hostage you, in a way, you, aren't you? You really are. Like, go ahead and sign somewhere. He'll sign somewhere. Like, we're going to match it. You right. Can, you can't go if he's making it clear to you. I'm not signing here. 
Or like we're so far apart, just that we know it's not going to happen. I don't want to sign here. And then he signs in Atlanta for a, a $300 million fully guaranteed contract, and Baltimore matches it. Don't they still kind of have a problem? It yeah. depends what the issue is. Because if it's money, then I guess they would never do it, or else why not just offer him exactly what he's looking for? Because that's the thing about non-exclusive. If money really is the core issue here, then the non-exclusive tag, you're, you're giving him the contract, right? Like, he's going to get that contract, I think. He's going to get a fully guaranteed contract from somebody. So you have to decide now. Are you willing to give him that or not? They clearly don't want to give him what he wants. They don't want to guarantee as much as he wants. Back to the non-exclusive exclusive thing real quick. Yeah. So non-exclusive, Pro Football Talk broke this down. Because your second franchise tag is a 20% raise off the one you're on. Right. So if they go non-exclusive, the two-year investment is $71 million in two years. If they go exclusive, it is $99 million. It's a $28 million yeah. difference for the same player. Mm-hmm. And you're get, but you're, the risk is you're giving him the freedom to get whatever contract he can find, which you're no longer in control of the negotiation, mm-hmm. which makes it a lot tougher. Oh, man, I think I, I think I keep the rights. I don't even let him talk to other teams. Right. You would think depends what they, depends where they're at. If he's made it clear, I'm not signing here. I, I think you got to cut bait. I think you just got to trade him. I think it's ridiculous they've let it get to this point. It's very they po- have. It's very possible that the fact that it's gone this long has soured the relationship so much that he just doesn't want. Like if I'm not valued here, and yeah. I've got to go to the these lengths to get any amount of money guaranteed from you guys, I'd risk, rather go somewhere else. And have you seen? Do you see Rashad Bateman? tweeted about the Ravens on Friday. He flat out went at the GM of the team. Yeah. The GM said, quote, at the Combine, if I had an answer that would probably mean, talking about drafting receivers, if I had an answer, that would probably mean I would have some better receivers. We're going to keep swinging. And Rashad Bateman, the number one receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, tweeted, how about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us and number eight? Blame the one you let do this which I don't really know who he's talking about there, but we take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happens. They also get a very negative review with players and they their strength guy. An F-. minus. Yeah. And then Mike Davis, a running back for the Ravens, just quote-tweeted Bateman and said, yep, I have 100% everything he just said. And Jackson's negotiation would point to that as well. So it might be an organizational thing. I'm starting to wonder if it's more about that team than it is about than it is about money. I think he's done. I think he's gone. They have till 4 o'clock tomorrow to decide their strategy. There's, he's going to get some tag. He'll not, get a... No, they're not going to lose it for Some nothing. tag. Right, they're not, he's not going to walk for nothing. Non-exclusive would mean... For me, their determination has to be whether or not they think they could get two first-round, more than two well, first-round picks for him. How about Jim Harbaugh saying 200% he's back on the... John Harbaugh. 200% chance he's back on the team. So, like, the coach is talking like he's going to come back. The GM is apparently squabbling with his players. His own players, right? His own players. And Lamar is waiting to see what the, the, the Ravens' strategy is here. 803-0550. John in Buffalo. What's up, John? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good. So I am here to uh, push the Eric Comrie should be starting agenda. Um, I feel like he is starting to kind of get the reputation 
that UPL previously had as a guy who's not going to have always the most fantastic goals against average or save percentage. But he seems to kind of make the big saves when you need him to. You know, you look at the past two Tampa games. First, when um, they made it 5-3 on Saturday, and we kind of had to sweat that one out a bit. And then he obviously made a huge, like a lot of really big saves in overtime in the game in Tampa where Labushkin scored. Um, and I think when you look at the old, other goaltenders, you look at Craig Anderson, it looks like we really just can't play the guy more than once a week. I think last week we played him twice in five days, and that second game in five games was against Columbus, and obviously that didn't go well. And right now UPL's kind of in a funk. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think we should trade him. But, you know, when you're kind of in your early 20s, I think that's just kind of happened. Um, and I think if you even look beyond that, um, pre-injury, I think he was playing really, really well. Maybe not like directly before the injury, but I remember in the beginning of the season, we went out west, and I think we played Edmonton or Calgary, and he absolutely stole a game for us. I think we won like 2-1 or one nothing in overtime or something like that, and he had a whole bunch of saves. And I think once Samuelson got hurt and we went on that eight-game losing streak, I think he was just kind of more along for the ride. And I think kind of back then he was more scapegoated back then. So I really don't think he's as bad as everyone says he is. And kind of going forward, I think with UPL in a slump and Craig Anderson unable to, you know, have a huge workload, I think he should be the guy moving forward. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. I think they will ride whoever is hot and whoever wins. I think you might get a little bit of your wish here because – you know, you point out he he's won his last four games, mm. and two of those were under 900 save percentage, but they won, right? They beat Tampa. He was 878. They beat Anaheim. He yeah. was 864. Yep. I don't know that he's played great or well. He yeah. had those two games out west earlier that he mentioned. Right, but, but that's like... Uh, it, it. Honestly, pointing to two games, it was his second and third game of the season. Right. In Edmonton, they beat Edmonton earlier this year with Comrie. Maybe well, that's a reason they go for Comrie tonight. Yeah. 46 saves on 48 shots. And then Calgary, 40 saves on 43 shots. So he had two really good games. I'm not trying to take a shot at Comrie here, but I could find two really good games for almost every goaltender that's ever played. <laughs> I don't need right. those right. two games to tell me a story that the rest of the games don't necessarily tell me. That said, he's definitely played himself back into the mix. Yeah, he's in the rotation. He's in the rotation. Next year, I don't know, Joe, could they play could they play well enough Ooh. to come back with Lukanen and Comrie next year? I don't know. That how is, how well would they have to play down the stretch? Comrie would to get have there? Comrie would have to be really stable for the next month. Yeah. Because Anderson's not back next year. We think. Right? We think. I, I would bet. Yeah. Lukanen is young development. I mean, Comrie was a a bit of a flyer because he didn't have a huge sample size in Winnipeg, but he had played really well for Winnipeg. For the Sabres, it's been... Mm, they didn't have anybody they can count on. It's just hoping someone comes up and plays a good game. It's It's been... So, like, who was a guy that was playing games for them last year? Think of it this way. Dustin Tokarski, right? Yeah. He started, started 29 games for the Sabres last year. Eight, 899 save percentage. Quality star percentage of 46%. Goals saved above expected. All better than Comrie. Like, 
Comrie was a reasonable idea. I liked it at the time, right? He had good advanced numbers. It was a super small sample, but take a shot. There was no nothing else in the market at that point, right? They tried Matt Murray. That's the other thing. They tried Matt Murray. He didn't want to come here. All right, plan B. Comrie was not plan A. He was plan B. Or even C or D, for all I know. And it didn't work. All right, fine. This is the most games he's ever played. This, to me... I don't want to pick out two games. I don't want to assume the injury derailed this. I just don't want to assume anything with him. I think the the most likely scenario with him is he's a replacement level goaltender at best. And but, he, can, but to the caller's point though, he's going to get his shot, right? What's a shot though? The, the caller seems to be arguing for he should play the majority of the games down the stretch. Well, I guess what I would say is it's just it's going to be just like Lukanen. If he finds a way to win games, he'll keep going back in the net. That's what Lukanen wants. I mean, Lukanen's numbers have not really ever been that strong except wins and losses, and that's because this team is the third highest scoring team in the league. Right. If they score five tonight, you like their chances. If they score two, you don't. And that's not necessarily true of every team. I guess it might be true of every team. Yeah. But with this team... The number of times they've they've won a game with two goals or fewer, it's, I, it's I, like I, once. I don't think they've even done it. Was was Florida last Friday? They won three three to one, three okay. to two. That's not two. I don't think they have a win with two goals. Right, and I think they only have like three or four wins with less than four. But even that's crazy. Yep. To have three or four wins, I'll, I'll find the number. Maybe it's five. It's five wins with less than four goals this year. Get to Steve on a tractor quick. What's up, Steve? Morning, boys. Uh, at the end of last year and beginning of this year. I, I said we need a defensive large winger to help us just to stop getting pushed around. No, we were all a bit disappointed we didn't get Jacob Chikrin. But you know something? I like the moves for not giving up very much. I, I think it was a bit high for Greenway um, based on his lack of success and where he was drafted. But in the end, we're getting some size and a little feistiness. And I think the future's set well. Yep, you're talking about a goaltender. We need a solid goaltender, a solid number one. When that is, nobody knows. But it, as the disappointment left the trade deadline without Chickering and without uh, you know a, a key piece, I think we're headed in the right direction, and he's a New York kid. So I take my hat off. I'm excited. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, I think satisfied is a good way for a lot of people on the deadline on the move for Greenway. Not a big price. So if you are a futures person – no real futures were sacrificed, and he's under contract for two years Yeah, past this year, so that does include future. And if you wanted to be bigger, you wanted to be more whatever, what he brings, they don't have a lot of. So I think there was near universal, you know, I almost, we're all pleased. Good enough. Like, fine. That, that, that seems like a solid move. I also like that they used the Vegas pick to get him instead of the other seconds so because can, now you can put him in the Eichel trade. There you go. And that should isn't that kind of the proof of what the, the the price is not that much. the The chances of that guy being a second round pick, being an NHL player, even Jordan Greenway, you would dream of that guy being Jordan Greenway that you picked in the second round, right? Yeah. You, just, you just hope he makes the league. If you, yeah, right. Would and you, that's not a likely chance that he'll make the league. A second round pick playing two and a half years in the NHL is fifty fifty. It's I think maybe Byron Bader I think I saw had it at be like thirty two percent. So the guy that you drafted with that second round pick was probably not going to be a long time NHLer. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Chris Trapasso coming up top of the hour to recap the NFL Combine movers who who helped their stock who fell a bit. We'll talk a lot about the receivers 
um, because there are a couple names out there that are really starting to pop. And um, we're going to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba a bunch today yes. with Chris. Also 9 o'clock, we've got a guy from Ohio State who covers the Buckeyes. I want to talk about JSN quite a bit because he is a fascinating case study, I think, in you know the the right drills at the Combine say this and which ones to focus in on. So uh, we'll talk about it. Chris Trapasso, top of the hour. More of your calls as we continue here on WGR. You know, people keep asking me what it was like to beat my brother in the Super Bowl, and um, it was pretty awkward. <laughs> Especially because after the game, we had to ride home together. Our mom drove us there in a minivan. Travis Kelsey hosted SNL this weekend, and by all accounts, did a pretty good job. Would you bet Josh Allen hosts SNL before his career is over? Yes. You would bet yes? I would bet yes. Want to put on the board? Come on, yes. All right, I'll bet no. Wow, what a non... Wow, what a it's, it's, such a not, it's such a terrible yeah. no bet, though. Have fun with your no bet. Right, like I'm rooting ter- against it. Right. Like what, every time I see a div... Oh, yeah, Drew Carey tonight. Let's go. Not every- Josh Allen. <laughs> We're just going to cheer for every non-Josh Allen host. If he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to host SNL. Is that what he needs to do, though? I mean, how many Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have hosted it? Peyton Manning Peyton and Joe Manning, Montana? Eli Manning, I think, has done Eli. it. Montana, New- Kelsey here. Mahomes hasn't. No. Is Allen the type of personality, though, where they, they would do has it? Has Brady hosted it? I don't think Brady has. No, Brady's got a roast coming, though. Did you see that? I did not see that. Okay, I won't mention it here. because mm, Save me. We'll save, <laughs> save you for now, at least. Let's get a phone call quickly. Mark and Tonawana, what's up, Mark? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, I just want to say you guys brought up your uh, what the Sabers moments. I have watched the Ottawa brawl probably five thousand times. <laughs> uh, I was in fourth grade, sitting in the three hundred levels with my dad, seeing Andrew Peters yanking on anybody in that pile while Baron and Emery were gonna, you know, square off. He didn't see that yet, and he was just pulling on dudes left and right. I was so fired up. Every street hockey game turned into a, uh, you know, Ottawa brawl every ten minutes. Yeah. Thanks, but, Mark. Um, yeah, I um, my only criticism, really, of Kevin Adams, because I love the team, is I, I see these guys loading up. I see the Rangers loading up. Obviously, they're a cup-contending team. I see the Bruins getting uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, they're just stacked. I feel like how I felt like when the Dolphins got Tyreek Hill and, you know, seeing all these weapons going to all these other offenses, and I just – don't want to sit on my hands. I really just kind of have to because we're not – obviously we're in different uh, – the teams are in different positions, um, and we're still building, but I think we're getting there. It's just this, this similar mindset that I have with the Bills is I, let's just let's just go. Let's just – you know, I want to be all in. I want to go for the cup. I'm not looking for the club that gets me, uh, you know, close to the green. What gets, what gets you to the flagstick? I'm going to have to listen. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Um, we'll get back to this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing the Sabres need, I think it's in goal. And there were not a lot of goal tenders that moved the deadline. Do they need to load up on scoring? They're the third highest scoring team in the league. They score. They yeah, need, they don't need more. What they need is Quinn and Paterka to continue to kind of find their game. Mm-hmm. And Quinn's done that a bit lately. So I'm, I get you. I get you. I understand. Hopefully this offseason, you know, the moves they make look like a team that they declare themselves as, you know, flag on the ground ready. Chris Trapasso. CBS Sports, he'll join us on the other side. We want to talk about the Combine, how things went, risers, fallers, you know, which drills matter and which ones don't. Um, and, of course, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, 
And Chris mocked him number one overall, and the combine he just had certainly did some work to support that. So we'll talk to Chris coming up in a moment here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.